Welcome back, everybody. It's OmniTalk Retail coming to you live from the Manifest 2024 conference in the OmniTalk booth, K15. K15. I'm Ann Mazenga. And I'm Chris Walton. And we are joined in between us by the lovely Kristen Dihess, the Vice President of Global Supply Chain at Mars. Kristen, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Yes, yes. How is the show going for you so far? It's going great. I'll say it's a bit overwhelming because there are so many different vendors here to be able to explore what is new and emerging out there. Um, but it's great, even the practitioner community, to be able to share, connect, and learn with one another. I yeah, bet. And we, I bet. And we want to talk to you more about that for sure. But before we do that, why don't you tell us a little bit about your, your background and your role at Mars? Great. Um, so yes, I'm an electrical engineer by background, oh, wow. by training. Okay. Um, so I started my early career in uh, factories, designing equipment. Really. Uh, and then I made my way into supply chain, uh, okay. supply chain planning, inventory management, you name it. Um, but now at Mars, I'm uh, leading their global supply chain COE, and I head up an investment program that's specializing in um, the data and analytic and basically digitalization of supply chain space. Oh my gosh, that sounds that sounds like an immense job, actually. So yeah. how, do, how do you how do you get a handle on that? It's a lot of fun. Um, I'm I'm grateful that we actually have a super smart um, team of fantastic people. Oh my god! <laughs> um, but there's a lot going on. I think um, the the big thing is just being very focused and choiceful in a few key areas that we want to drive momentum and just remain disciplined and looking at how you continue to build the journey year after year. Yeah, because how many countries does Mars operate in? Oh my gosh, a lot, yeah. Like it's, it's like hundreds though, right? I mean, it's like almost yes, every yes. country in the world, right? Yes, and you're yes. in charge of all that, wow. Well, it's fun. Kristen, let's dive into a little bit about why you're here at Manifest. I mean, it sounds like you're, you're kind of trying to stay on top of what's happening in the industry, meet with other peers, but tell us a little bit about, you know, what you like to do here, how you game plan coming to Manifest. Yeah, I think one of the most important things um, that I do, there's two things that I was doing before coming here. One was really scoping out who were some of the, the peers from other companies okay. that were coming so that we could be really intentional on connecting to share and learn from one another. Oh, um, the cool. second one was just taking a look at who are some of the new vendors that would be out here in this expo hall and in a lot of cases, it's hard to keep the pace with technology. Yeah. Um, for the journey that we're on, I feel very strongly that there's a, there's a build, there's a buy, but sometimes it's a co-develop. Yeah. Um, so sometimes with what you need, we're not going to find exactly what is going to hit every need. Um, so I like just walking around and scoping to see who's out here, and more importantly, how do they engage with our customer base yeah. to figure out if we have a need that really doesn't have a very clean solve yet. Yeah. Is there chemistry with somebody that may present, um, you know, a teaming partnership opportunity? Kristen, this is like a, it's probably going to be an odd question, but how do you do that? I mean, do you find that other peers of yours are receptive to, like, do you just go get coffee with them? Like, how does it how does it work? I mean, I, I feel like that's something that people are wanting to do. I'm sure our listeners are too, but like, what? how have you found success in connecting with your peers? Yeah, I, I think a lot of it is um, there's not a single person that I reached out to that maybe I didn't know, but okay. cold reached out that wasn't willing to have a conversation. Yeah. In some cases, it's a small world, so there are people I'm reconnecting with through sure. earlier lives. Right. Um, and just collectively, I think, extending our networks together. Um, but I'll, I'll say, can, you know, candidly, I think people have been very candid, open, authentic. Yeah. And there's not been a, a lack of willingness to share 
not just what has worked, but you know, I think people have been very open and vocal in sharing what were some of the mistakes they made, yeah, and how do others learn from that so yeah. that they don't have to repeat the same. That's really great. I mean, I we've we've asked that question of a lot of people over mm -hmm. the years. I think that's the first time anyone has ever said that they use these conferences to reconnect with peers and are very deliberate in their approach in doing yeah. so. So that's very commendable. Um, the other thing, the other thing that brings you here, the other reason you're here is you're speaking on stage, right? So I'm curious, what are some of the messages you plan on delivering to the audience when you uh, give your speech? Yes. So um, I'm part of a, a panel, a panel of cross-industry okay. peers that are talking about tools and technology. And um, some of the key messages that we're talking about are, um, especially in anything that you do in solutioning, a lot of it is um, grounded by data. Right. Um, and so there it is uh, again, folks. <laughs> so yeah, other people are mentioning it. There is um, there's a tremendous amount of learning um, that we've had in this space, and actually saying you have to build trust with a broader ecosystem and incentivize them to have willingness to share data, bi-directional data sharing, and together we may be able to build out solutions for mutual value versus any one of us trying to convince somebody to give them data that you're gonna use in your own organization in isolation. I'm curious, I, ah, this is great. I, what is your rubric for whether or not you will or will not share data with someone, if, if you can talk about that at all? I've always wanted to, I've always curious about how people approach that because yeah. it always comes up. You know, people are always yes. talking about, well, it's my own data, I don't want to share it. Or, yes. you know, but there are instances where it's valuable to share it. So how do you think through that? Yeah, so I think um, for one, it's, um, what, what are you trying to achieve? And so somebody may be asking for data, and if there's a real good understanding of what they're trying to achieve, does that present a very different opportunity for an, uh, a conversation to explore doing something together? You know, one of the other pieces that we're talking through from a data perspective is, um, within Mars, there's five principles, and one of the five principles is mutuality, and we think very strongly about this. Yeah. And so in engaging in conversations with people, I think it's not just what's in it for you, what's in it collectively for the community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you're gonna ask me for something, is there a value that I get out of it? Is there a value that you get out of it? Um, is there a bigger value for a broader ecosystem? And I actually even see a lot more creative innovation happening in a space in looking at partnering to share data across even competing companies yes. in a yeah. way that I've not actually seen in the past. Yeah, so you did great there. Yeah, no, we got that back on track. <laughs> yeah, no problem at all, no problem at all. But the key point being you're very deliberate in yes. how you think about that when that situation arises in terms of, okay, what is the value of me sharing this data from Mars with my partners? Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, and I think we have to be willing to, I, you know, I think years ago it used to be nobody was willing to share, nothing leaves my environment. Um, but I think the reality is the problems um, that we're trying to solve and the complexity is ever increasing. And mm -hmm. um, I'm always a firm believer that we can co-create and build out solutions that um, have a much better impact for the ecosystem that any one of us can right. do on our own. Right, especially when you have the partners that you're working with who are able to kind of say, we're seeing this here and yes. this here, and how do we like make things better for all Put of all us? all the different pieces together, right? Right, right. right. It's very well, nice to hear that, actually. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, I'm curious then, what kinds of technology or what kind of partners are you out here looking at while we're <laughs> walking the floor of, of the Manifest yeah. Expo Hall? So one area that um, definitely I'm interested in is we are on a multi-year journey to automate our factories and our warehouses. Okay. Um, so definitely when I take a look at um, how far we've come in automating warehouses, mm -hmm. there's still a lot of challenges um, that I see out there in terms of looking at um, case picking. Yep, um, hearing that know, a lot today too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah, like if you have a full palette, there's a lot of good solutions out there, but when you start getting to more of the complex stuff, 
it gets a lot harder. And so I'm interested in looking at what's out there. Um, how are we progressing yeah. uh, with the options? And more importantly, in some cases, if we don't have a solve yet, how are some of these companies coming together collectively right. to think about how they might tackle that? Um, and, and for us, I think in a lot of cases, it's a matter of looking at how do you, if nobody has any integrated full solution yet, can we co-create and yeah. bring something to the market together um, yep. that helps add value? Yes. I'm curious too, only because we're having this conversation uh, in a LinkedIn webinar soon where we're going to talk about the trends people are seeing in supply chain and how they're impacting both the retail side as well as your side, the CPG side of the organization too. So based on what you said in terms of automation, like how, how else are you thinking about the supply chain network in terms of like size of building, types of automation, anything you can share there for our audience? Well, I mean, I'd actually even say, uh, maybe I'll, I'll answer a bit of a different question a yeah. bit. Um, not so much on the size of the building, but when you talk about retailers. Or location too, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're doing a lot of work to understand what our biggest challenges are for our key customers, our retail customers. And so if there are things like somebody saying, it's very important for me to look at cracking same day delivery right. to my consumer base. What does that mean for me as a shipper? Mm -hmm. And if we could be more intentional on saying, what are the most important lanes for you to win mm -hmm. in same day delivery? What would need to be true for us to think about how to be more reliable on those lanes, then it really creates mutual value driving growth together. Right. Got it. So are you talking like drop shipping then in that situation? Or is that like, like you're shipping on behalf of the retailer to the destination then? Is that the case? I, I mean, in some cases, it may just be same-day replenishment to oh, a key same, retail to store, store okay, got yeah. it. Um, that then has what they need to be able to support same-day okay. delivery to got the customers it. or got customer it. pickup. Yeah, or wherever, right. they're, wherever they're distributing their product to. Exactly. Got it. Yeah, I mean, and even broader, oh, I guess from. that it kind of brings up the whole question around the, the broader omni-channel yeah. yes. landscape mm -hmm. that is becoming more and more complex. How do we take a step back and say, I probably can't go find and buy exactly what I need. What am I trying to solve for? Is there a different way to build out a community of partners that may be able to crack that better together? Yeah, so that you, I mean, and that I think stems from what we were hearing earlier today, which is sometimes that's Mars getting the product directly to a consumer versus Mars, you know, saying, Here's, here are the retail outlets. You need all of those options to really satisfy your customers, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. That's, that's why my, my mind went, went there. Oh, okay, so let's get you out of here on this. So. If you were to step back and say, these are my priorities for 2024, what would they be? I think, um, you know, so in the, in the, the panel um, talk that we're saying, um, the most important thing for me is to think about the associates that are running our day-to-day -day operations and those that we partner with. And so Good. my number one objective is to say, how do we make the work easier for them every mm -hmm. day and to make it easier for our partners, whether it be suppliers or downstream retail customers, to do work with us? Makes sense. That's smart. That's also an answer we've never heard before. I know. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's no one ever starts me. there. It's the they, first thing that we yeah. wow. have yeah. heard that okay. today. And automation is interesting in that, too, because it can be the employee's best friend if you yes. deploy it the right way. They're, exactly as, they're right. as excited about it as anybody, right. right? Creates the capacity for them to go do other things. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. It's been great to meet you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Kristen Dihess of Mars will be back with more interviews later today and throughout the show. So stick around, and Anne, as always, be careful out there.